morning, Lydia House. Welcome. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Good morning. This is such a beautiful morning. We have bright sunshine and beautiful fall leaves. Welcome, everyone. I'm going to start out in Luke, uh, the ninth chapter, and I'm going to the 49th verse. John, the apostle, said, Master, we saw a man driving out demons in your name, and we commanded him to stop it, for he does not follow along with us. But Jesus told him, Do not forbid such people, for whoever is not against you is for you. Good morning. Good morning. We used to go back in the 1970s to a big auditorium Sorry. and raise your hand if you've ever heard of Catherine Kuhlman. What? We used to go to those regular meetings there and we saw the power of God demonstrated as many, many people were touched, were saved, were healed, were delivered, were strengthened. She had the power of God and walked in it. And I'm very thankful that today God is bringing a friend here, Dr. Uh, Greg Berglund, and he's going to be bringing the message, and I'm looking forward to some of that happening in these days, today, and in the weeks ahead. And so we're going to sing the song that we sang at that uh, service. It goes like this. Sing it with us. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. Oh, that joy that floods my soul. Something happened. Something happened. And now I know he touched me and made me whole. Shackled. Shackled by a heavy burden. Neath a load of guilt and shame, then the hand of Jesus touched me, and now I am no longer the same. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. Oh, he touched me. my soul something happened and now I know he touched me and made me I'm looking for the next words the second verse since I met the blessed Savior, and since he cleansed and made me whole, I will never cease to praise him. Wow. I'll shout it while eternity rolls. Yes, oh, he 
touched me Oh, he touched me And all the joy that floods my soul Something happened And now I know He touched me Amen. Amen. I'm going to try doing announcements with the mask on. It works. You can hear me, right? No problem. So welcome inside. It finally got there. We finally got cold enough. It's like literally below zero. I think wind chill right now. Um, and I did consider still doing church outside. But I love you. And so I decided not to do that. I mean... It's better outside from a safety point of view, but at some point, if it's so cold outside, you're concerned from a safety point of view as well. So we may go outside again if it warms up. You know, that would be awesome. We'll see. But we'll probably be inside kicking our phones around. So it'll be a little bit of a transition as we get used to, you know, staying six feet apart and wearing masks and stuff like that. But we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. And... Uh, you might get reminded here or there, you know, if your mask starts doing one of these. They might be like, hey, remember to pull your mask up, you know, or chin diaper, you know. I always love it when people are walking around and say, why? why? I mean, if your chin's cold, I guess, that's fine. But I, I grew a beard for that reason, so that's not a problem. So let's try to remember to put our mask on over our nose and mouth and do the best we can. And, you know... I know some of this stuff gets a little annoying, having to sit so far apart and all that kind of stuff, wear a mask. But praise God, we get to meet, right? We get to meet in person, and that's awesome because there are places that they're not able to right now, first of all. And then there are a lot of countries where they're never able to meet in person in peace like this. And so we're really blessed, and so let's focus on what we're thankful for. Amen? Um, we could use a greeter or two if you would like to occasionally help with welcoming people at the door and reminding them to put on a mask and a name tag and making them feel welcome and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we could use your help with that. And November 7th and 14th, we're having a couple events. Um, uh, Paul, they are both at Redeeming Love, is that right? Paul? Both the events are at Redeeming Love, is that correct? Different events. Yeah, so, we want to so come to both. yeah, Saturday the 7th, Saturday the 14th. Uh, Going to do some teaching and some worship time and some training, kind of to just step by faith into revival right. and see where the next step is that God is leading us to go. If you missed last week's message, I encourage you to check it out on the website or Facebook or YouTube. Um, we talked about revival and how we believe we're, we're entering into that kind of new season right now. We talked about the great awakenings of the past, and we believe we're going to be living in another one. And so we are trying to honor what it is God is calling us to do and to respond and to prepare ourselves for whatever that means. And we don't really know the answer, <laughs> but we're walking into it by faith. Amen. And Steph and Blake, could you guys actually come up for a sec? Um, we've been honoring those who serve us here and put in a lot of time to help us out. And I wanted to honor Stephanie and Blake Smith 
for helping us with worship team. Yay! You guys are awesome, and they've kind of transitioned from being on the worship team to being the worship leaders uh, most weeks. And so we thank you for that. That's a lot of time outside of a Sunday morning to prepare and practice and pray and all those things. And so we really appreciate everything you do for us. Right? Amen. Yes. Super awesome. Thank you, guys. Um, I'd like to, just for a couple minutes now, um, pray again for our leaders in particular. The Bible is clear that we need to pray for our leaders. So let's, uh, let's do that for just a couple minutes. And anybody can just stand up and shout out a prayer if you want to. But Father, we pray that you would bless the people who are put in authority over us. And that you would lead them and guide them into your truth and into what it is that you are calling them to do to help this nation get to where you want it to be. And anybody who wants to pray, go ahead and shout something out. What troubles us does not trouble you. We're so thankful that what throws us, what throws our country, what throws our leaders, what throws citizens, what throws neighborhoods, does not throw you. You are in control and you tell us, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Keep us from trying to overcome evil with evil. We want to overcome evil with good, 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 good. And see you work in the world because your people are representing you in this world. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And just a reminder, when you do talk or share or pray, please don't take your mask off. I know it's a total instinct that when you're about to talk to take off whatever is muffling your face, like a scarf or something like that. So we'll try to resist that instinct and leave them up when we talk. Cool? Well, for our first uh, worship song today, we have Miss Kaylee who is going to perform one of her original songs that most of you have not heard yet.
people think they need fame They think we'll make them happy But it'll only drain away Some people think they need money And some people think they need fame They think we'll make them happy But it'll only drain away But I have all I need Why back into prayer for just a minute and take a minute to confess to the Lord anything that we may have left undone or anything that we may have done that we shouldn't have. Let's take a minute to confess. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness in Jesus' name. And now I want you to shout out some things you're thankful for from the Lord. Let's exercise our thanksgiving this morning. Who's thankful for something? Help. Amen. Godly grandchildren. We've got a few extra godly grandchildren here this morning. Welcome. Welcome to the Do It grandchildren. Welcome to... Gabriel Anderson's clan of beautiful girls back there. And Andrew and Larissa brought some folks too. Welcome. They're, they're not? They're not your grandchildren? I was going to ask you, when did you invent time travel and can I borrow it? From the YWAM days. From the YWAM days. Well, welcome. 
Great to have you here. Who's thankful? Shout it out. the Holy Spirit and Jesus is to us Emmanuel God with us through his Holy Spirit and we don't we don't have to have our own ability we don't have to have our own courage we don't have to have our own plan in fact we better not have our own plan <laughs> but the Holy Spirit enables us to anything that God calls us to do and I'm thankful for music and uh, refreshment that it gives our hearts. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for the beautiful weather. Thank you for the fall. Thank you for the winter, even though it can be a challenge. We thank you for the challenges. There's no shortage of challenges these days, but we thank you for those. The word is clear that we should uh, praise you even in the midst of trial or trouble. And so we do that. We do that as individuals, as families, as a church. We do that as a nation right now, Lord God. We praise you and we thank you in the midst of some difficulties. And we believe, Lord, that you are coming through, that you're going to break through in these days, that you're going to revive hearts and awaken your people. We see what you can do, O oh God of wonders. Your power has no end. The things you've done before in greater measure you will do again because there's no prison wall you can't break through no mountain you can't move all things are possible there's no broken body you can raise no so that you can save all things are possible the darkest night you can light it up you can light it up oh god of revival let hope arise death is overcome you've already won oh god of you rose in victory and now you're seated forever on the throne so why should my heart fear what you've defeated I will trust in you alone cause there's no you can't break through no mountain you can move all things are possible there's no broken body you can raise no soul that you can save all things are possible the darkest side you 
sing out in English, you can sing out in a tongue if you have the gift of tongues. Just sing out to the Lord. Everything else in the room fade away and just reach out to the Lord. Israel, for instance, excavation that's happening, heavy bricks taken off, burdens, and also things that are weighing down people from saying yes to you. So thank you, Lord. Take that off, take those burdens off, and bring new life. Yes. Jesus' name. Amen. Let's respond to that. Father, we just give you whatever burdens might be holding us back. If there's anything in our life and our past that we need to let go of, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just put your finger on that and help us to let go of that. If there are people that we need to forgive, I pray that you'd speak to us now and tell us who we need to forgive and help us to make those first steps to do that. If there's something else in our life that's just blocking us from, from approaching you, uh, from increasing in our fellowship with you, we ask that you would show us what those things are that we can move them. We want to run after you and not just walk. So help us to get rid of anything that is keeping us back from running after you. My fortress 
Jesus Christ. 
We tear that down in Jesus' name for everyone here in this room, for everyone that we represent back home. Help us to take every thought captive in obedience to Jesus Christ. Focus on you so we can love you with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. We believe that you can make a way where there doesn't seem to be any possible way. We believe that you are the God who will do exceedingly and abundantly beyond all that we could ever ask for or even imagine. We believe it, Lord. I believe in you, God, I believe in you. If you need healing this morning, physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, just hold out your hands like you're going to receive a gift. Just hold out your hands to the Lord. Lift up that person. It could be you. It could be someone you know. Be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. If you need a miracle, reach out to the Lord this morning for that. I believe in you. God, I believe in you. I believe in you.
to it. We thank you, Lord. And we don't just want to sit patiently waiting. We want to walk into it today in our own lives, in our own families. Help us to have ears that are open to listen to you, Lord, and follow whatever it is you are asking us to do. Does anybody have a word that they feel is for the group from the Lord? Back here. There's a, a verse uh, that says, all these things happen to them by way of example for you and for the sake of you upon whom the end of the ages has come. And I do feel like the Lord is saying, you know, beloved children, the end of the ages has really come upon you. It's beginning. The things we're beginning to see, all the signs that Jesus said. I feel like the Lord says, take courage, be full of courage, and, and be strengthened, be renewed, because there's also a grace coming upon God's people and on the church, and he wants it to be very fully manifested in us. So be, be full of courage, beloved. And if you don't feel courageous, that's a non-issue. You can walk in courage whether you feel it or not. In fact, if you don't feel it, it might be a good sign that you're experiencing it. So now I can see the rest of you. I didn't know some of you were here because we were in the choir. If you want to be in the choir, then you sit over here. But we don't have to sing. We just, we're just in the choir. You don't know who's over there. But among them are my parents-in-law, Phil and Margaret Ludio, 96 and 95. Let's say good morning to them. Good morning. Glad to have you with us today, Phil and Margaret. They're champions. They've run a good race. I talked about running a good race. And with, they've run a good race. This is their last lap. And we want this lap to be the best of all of them. So uh, we're spending a lot of time together and praising the Lord and having devotions and reading through 1 Peter. We've almost got it memorized because we've read it through so many times. So it's my joy to introduce someone that some people call Dr. Berglund. If you go to Northfield and you have a splinter and you have to have it taken out, then you would go to Northfield Emergency and Dr. Berglund would take it out for you. Some people call him Pastor Berglund because he was a pastor longer than he's been a doctor, but he's a medical doctor as well. To me, he's Greg because he's my friend, and he's got uh, Patty, his wife, with him today, and son, Tom. Hi, Tom. Good to have you here. I know your sister. She used to be in here when we had communitas, and then she had a boyfriend that came here, and then they got married. Now they're out in California, so I'm sure it's hard to have, be separated from such a wonderful team. 
But I'm very happy to have Greg here. Our hearts were joined together a couple years ago. Fred and I were praying. Fred and I were praying for revival. And then one day, he came and joined with us. And we knew God was up to something, didn't we? That first day that you came, we prayed together. And we sensed there's something going on here that's special. So come up, Greg. We want to pray with you and then turn over the time to you. Yeah. Yeah. God, uh, isn't this interesting that God uses a medical doctor in bringing healing to people? I love that, that he can do it both ways. He can pray for people, and he can also care for people. And when he's prayed for Naomi, when she's had a seizure or cramps, we see both sides coming out. His faith in God's miracle power and his gift as a medical doctor. And so, bless you, friend. Mm -hmm. You're not going to wear that when you yeah, preach. I take it off. Yeah. I think you. I think that looks better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hold out your hand to him. Thank you. Father, we're so grateful for Greg. We're grateful for his many years—38 years of, of ministry. We're grateful that uh, he paid a price early on when there's opposition that came at him, and he he moved right through that with faith and confidence and I know that one of the, some of the reasons why you're using him today is because he made he went through that trial and that you used it for his good thank you that he's with us today and we bless him and we bless you God as you come among us now and choose to do what only you can do amen 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 thanks I think I have a okay. mic here. yeah okay Good morning. Good to be here. Great to be here. I'm, I want to give you a couple brief assignments, and then I want to tell you a story. But one one assignment, uh, I'd like to just ask you if you can if you can define, think about it. What is faith? That's a big word, but uh, can you can you answer that question? And maybe if you want to, in a little bit, I'll ask you to throw out a few answers. How how you would define it? If somebody came to you and said, what what is faith? How would, how would you answer that question? And then another, another assignment, another question is, uh, think of a story in the New Testament where Jesus or his disciples healed somebody. And uh, I'd, I'd like to just look at, look at that scripture. We'll pick one of them. There's actually, there's 41 of them in, in the New Testament. And uh, if you can think of one of those, uh, I just like to I'd like to take a look look at one of those after a little bit, but I want to tell you uh, I I we we just moved out of our home and the home we used to live in uh, had a well and a sewer system. The one we just moved into is we're renting and we had a fire there a couple days ago, so right now we're living in a motel. Uh, but uh, every, everybody's okay, but the house filled with smoke, and I, I'm impressed with those those uh, firefighters, they went into that house that was, and, and I said, could you see anything? They said, no, we couldn't see anything at all and because uh, of the smoke. And they, of course, they don't know the layout of the home. So they could fall down the stairs. They can, you know, you think about doing that. Plus, uh, you know, I'm sure they were wearing oxygen. 
but going in, you know, and then how are you going to get out? You got to remember how to get out. If you know, you, you think about what they do. It, they went into our home that was filling with smoke and and found the problem in the furnace and uh, shut it down apparently. And there was no flames that burned anything up except the inside of the furnace. Anyway, in our other home that we just moved out of, I named our well Norman. I don't know if you ever. Do you ever name things like that in your home? Uh, Norman, Norman uh, produced good water for us, and I, I like having a well. But a, a few years ago, we started to notice some black, it looked like black silt in the, in the tub. And then we noticed it coming into the sink. And so we, we you know, called a water expert, and they came in and did some tests and analyzed the water, and they said, well, we think it's oxidized manganese, oxidized manganese that's precipitating out from the water, and, and that's what's causing the black stuff in your water. And, of course, if you buy this filter, uh, that, you know, that, we hope that will take care of it. And it was something like $2,000, and I, so I put in... I put in our own filter that would fill, that was about $600. It filtered out iron and sulfur and manganese. And for a short while, that worked. But then the black started to come again. And then, uh, then the next thing, there was really fine sand that was coming into. And that, that's bad, you know, to have sand coming in through, in, into you. I mean, we love the beach, but we don't need a beach in our bathtub. And, and there was, there was sand in the bathtub. And I, then I did something that every Christian ought to do. Every Christian ought to do this. And, uh, but when I did it, I looked left and I looked right to make sure nobody was watching. <laughs> As I went out to my well, there's a little, a little stump out in the ground. And I looked left and I looked right. And I pointed at that well and I said this, in the name of Jesus... I command this well to stop producing sand into our house. And the sand stopped. Hallelujah. It, was, it wasn't a mountain, but it was it a was little, little bit of sand. For about six months, just to be honest. Six months, there was, there was clear water, and then the sand started pouring into our house. And we had the geology team from uh, University of Minnesota come. They, they took a camera and went down 350 feet to the bottom of the well. And, uh, and I have a video of this, of this uh, thing going down, down the well. And at about 80 or 100 feet down, you could see this, this little, it was sand trickling down uh, from, from that area of the well. And what had happened was the casing of the well, the, the, you know, the tube itself was, had broken down and it, and it was leaking sand into the water and then the pump was pumping water up into our, our home. And, and we had to replace the well. Uh, it, it just needed that, that maintenance. Anyway, the camera went down all the way to the bottom. And if you remember in geology class, you guys ever take geology, in eighth grade geology, uh, you see this tube go down, and then there's a picture of a, of a lake and the underneath. That's what I thought a well was. You know, you go down and you find the lake under the water, under the ground. 
and, and there are, are such things. But when they, when they got to the bottom of our well, the camera hit a rock. So the tube was jammed right down into a rock, and the water was coming out of the rock. And when we, when we put in a new well, the, the well digger, Bruce Sampson, said, your best water comes right out of the rock, limestone. You know? And so he, he'll, he drilled down about another 350 feet in a different area, and somehow they find out when they're hit, hit in the rock and they jam the casing tube down into the rock. And that rock was producing 50 gallons of water per minute, per minute. Uh, so that's why I named my well Norman. There's, there's, a, there's either sand wells or there's rock wells. <laughs> You get it. <laughs> uh, I get it. So, but the thing that I did, uh, I want to get back to, to, to stand over something like that and speak to it. Have you ever spoken to something that can't hear you, or something that can't speak back to you? I tell my dog to stay, and most of the time she stays, but she has ears to hear, but. The, the sand that was coming in my well doesn't have any way to respond, right? What, what, what about when in the, the day of creation, the first day of creation, God spoke and did what he spoke to was nothing, out of nothing, in Latin, ex nihilo, out of nothing, he created the heavens and the earth. And how did he do it? He spoke. And you and I are created in the image of God, and what is that image? What's unique about humans, unlike any part of creation? We can speak, just as God did. And most, most believers are asking God to do something that he told us to do. And I want to say this. I want to say this. We, we can bring the Bible down to our experience. A lot of Christians do that. And, and they say, well, I believe in those words of the Bible because that's, I can say, yeah, that's true in my life. Or you can bring your experience up to what the Scripture tells us we will do and say. So uh, let, me, let, me ask, let me ask you, I, I gave you an assignment. What is faith? Throw out some, you know, how would you define it? If someone said, uh, you know, uh, somebody asked you, what, what is faith? How would you answer that? Any ideas? Anybody? Trust. Faith is trust. That's a good answer. That's true. What else? How else would you answer it? Taking God at his word and acting on it. Taking God at his word and acting on it. So you're believing in a word and, you're, and so much that you're going to act on it. That's a good answer, too. Everything you can feel, touch, smell, or see. Faith is, uh, is uh, to be, you know, believing in things that you can't feel, touch, hear, or see. Good answer. I'm, I'm sure all these answers are going to be awesome. Any, a few others. It's, it, faith is a big word, isn't it? I mean, it, it's a big word. Some people say, well, to have faith is to believe in something. Well, then what is it to believe in something? Well, that's, that's to have faith. <laughs> and it becomes, you know, it doesn't get very deep. You know, the, the scripture says faith is the victory that overcomes the world. 
we ought to understand what faith is. So let's turn to Luke chapter 17, verses 5 through 10. And I want to see, because this, this question, the apostles asked Jesus, would you increase our faith? And let's see how Jesus answers that, that question, what is faith? Luke 17, verses 5 through 10. It comes right after Luke 16, uh, by the way. And here, here the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, uh, incidentally, it's not mustard up faith, it's mustard seed faith. You could say to this sycamine tree, be rooted up and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Uh, did anybody answer that question, what is faith, in those terms? Usually not. In fact, every, well, now I've been teaching on this. Maybe there's some exception, but for, for a couple decades, I asked this question, what is faith? And I never heard an answer that's in keeping with what, and they're good answers. Don't, don't throw out those answers. Yes, faith is trust. It is intellectual accent, assent. It is uh, taking God's word and, and using it. It's all that. But Jesus' answer here says, if you have faith, you will say to the sycamine tree, be rooted up and it will obey you. Now, in my Bible, there's, there's, no, there's a quote at the beginning of, if you had faith, and there's no end quote at the end of, it would obey you. At the end of verse 6, the quote doesn't stop. And then he goes on to say in verse 7, Will any of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down at table? Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and gird yourself and serve me till I eat and drink, and afterward you shall eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that is commanded, you say, when we are unworthy, we are unworthy servants, we have only done what is our duty, period, quote, there's the end of the quote. What does that say? Jesus is still answering their question about increased faith. And by the time you get to the end of that, you think, okay, we're out in the field, uh, we're taking care of sheep, and now it's time to eat supper. And uh, no, I'm not going to ask my master to make supper for me. I'm going to cook my own supper. I'm going to do my duty. What does that have to do with faith? Everything. Everything. And it's a definition that I want to challenge you on because most Christians do not understand faith in these terms. And because of that, we miss out on a, a very important lesson. The, the apostles must have seen, they saw Jesus operating in faith. And they said, Lord, increase our faith. And he answers them, with this answer about the sycamine tree and about caring for sheep out in the field. So what is Jesus' answer to the question, increase our faith? Actually, it's the same thing that the centurion understood when he said, Lord, don't come under my roof. My servant is paralyzed, but just don't come there and, and uh, just speak the word. Now the centurion, and Jesus said, well, first the centurion said, I'm a man under authority, and I say, go do this and come, and they, and they do it. 
And Jesus said, I've never seen anybody in Israel with such great faith. What? You know, the, the, the centurion didn't say trust. He didn't say taking the word of God and doing it. He didn't say believing in things that you can't see or hear or feel. Those are all good things. He didn't spout out some kind of theological tenets that, uh, that, you know, that were wonderful. Uh, th that's good. I mean, you need to have those. All he did was say, I'm a man under authority, and I say, go do this and come, and they, and they do those things. When the apostles asked Jesus, what is faith? His answer was the same thing that the centurion understood. And now let's, let's unpack this a little bit, and then we'll get to our next, our next question uh, from you. But there are two dimensions of what Jesus answered the apostles, and they both have to do with obedience in two different directions. Jesus said, if you have faith, a little bit of faith, you will say to the sycamine tree, be rooted up and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. It, it will obey you. You will say, and it will obey you. Then he goes on. He, he, the quote doesn't stop there. He's still answering the question. Or if any of you are plowing in the, in the field, taking care of sheep, uh, and, and you know, do you come in and, and ask your master to serve you? No, you serve your master. And you say, we have only done our duty. What is that? It's obedience to your master. It's a different direction of obedience. Faith is obedience. The Greek word pistis means equally faith and obedience. So Jesus' answer, increase our faith. The, the sycamine tree will obey you, and you obey your master. What was the centurion's answer? I'm a man under authority. I obey my, my authorities and the ones under my authority obey me. And Jesus said, that's great faith. Nobody defines faith, it seems, in those terms. You could have answered, what is faith? By saying, faith is to obey you, obey those in authority over you, and it's to have those under my authority obey me. That's a spiritual, scriptural definition of faith. And most believers... Most believers do not understand the authority they have in Christ. They don't know their position so well, who they're set under and who they're set over. The centurion knew who he was set under and who he was set over, and there was obedience. When the apostles asked, increase our faith, Jesus' answer was talking about being under those in authority and speaking to those things in your authority. Most Christians do not know the authority they have in Christ. The ones who do know it, they don't use it so much. And the ones who use it sometimes use it wrongly. I mean, we're all going to make mistakes. So when I went out to Norman in my yard, I didn't say, God, would you move the sand away from our well? Because that's not what Jesus taught. He, he didn't say, ask God to speak to the sycamine tree and God will root it up and plant it in the sea. That's not his answer. He said, you will say to the sycamine tree, be rooted up and it will obey you. In regard to healing, healing, most Christians say, and it, and it works, prayer works and keep praying. But I want to point out something here. 
most Christians are saying, God, you heal the sick. And the scripture says, you will speak to that mountain and it will obey you. Oh God, all, all authority, all power belongs to you. You know, we, we are unworthy. You know, you heal the sick. And God is saying, I told you, preach the word, heal the sick, cleanse lepers, cast out demons, raise the dead. You do it. No, God, you do it. All glory goes to you. You know, you're, you're, you have all power. And God says, no, I told you to do this. I think this captures the, the move, the next move that God wants to invest in the standard believer, the, the regular. You don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be a pastor. You believe in Jesus. You have resurrection power inside of you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And most Christians do not know how to let that power out. Some of them, many of them, don't know that they really have that much power inside of them. How do you let it out? Okay, so here's the next question. How, how did Jesus and his disciples heal the sick, for example? Can you think of one story? Anybody, I, that's my other assignment for you. Think of one, or, or we can look at a couple of them. And let's look at how Jesus and his disciples prayed for, for the sick. Anybody have an idea? Dave, which... Okay, so there, there was the, the blind man. Uh, did, what, what did he do? He spit and made a little mud, and he put them on the guy and told him to wash. Was there a prayer there? Did he pray? No. Well, you think, well, Jesus didn't need to pray because he's God. But I, I believe that Jesus came to this earth, and, and I mean, he was, he's fully God and he's fully man, but he operated as a man. And, and as we do, I mean, he, you could say, well, he healed because he's God. But I think he healed because he was man and full of the resurrection power. And because we would do the same thing and even greater things. Well, so how about the disciples? Can you think of a story where the disciples healed the sick or any other story? Tell me a story in the New Testament where Jesus or his disciples prayed for the sick. Can you think of one? The leper. Okay, where was the prayer? There was no prayer. And, and, and so the point I'm making, you pick any of those 41 stories and you read carefully, not once did Jesus or his disciples pray and ask God to heal the sick. Not one of them. They did not do it. Peter and John at the gate called beautiful. Now, you can pray, and, and I've prayed for, I pray for, I do, I do it. Uh, I'm just making a point here. I'm not telling you to stop praying, but I am telling you to try something different. Because if you want to do, you know, faith is hearing the word of God and doing what it says, we are not told to pray for the sick. We're told to heal the sick. And by speaking to the the, the disease. Speak to the mountain. Speak to the well. You know, tell it to come, stop performing, producing sand. Do you hear what I'm saying? I, I, I have to stress this because I think we grow up in a, in a, in a church environment where we, we capture a, a dimension of faith, but it's missing this 
solid component. What is faith? Faith is obedience to authority. It's obedience to authority. You don't have to muster things up. The centurion didn't. All, all he stated was, when my commanders tell me to do something, I do it. And when I tell people under my authority to do something, they do it. And Jesus said, That's, I, have, I haven't seen faith as great as that in anywhere of all of Israel. We make faith more complicated than it really is. So I want to ask you, do you know the authority that you're under? And do you know the authority that you have? Most believers don't. And if you, if you simply just, like the centurion, recognize who's, who and what is over you and do it, be under that authority. And if you recognize who or what is set under you, your authority, your faith will increase and, in, and then increase exponentially. Because that's how Jesus answered the question of the apostles. How Increase our faith. How, how do they do it? He said, you, you will say to the sycamine tree, and it will obey, and you, you obey those set over you. So, so here's another question. What, what authority do you have? If, if faith, it, it's not if, because faith is obedience to authority. What authority do you have as a person, as a believer? Have you ever tried to ask that question of yourself and consider what, because we don't have all authority. All authority is in the Father God. And he, gives, he gave that to his son. But we do not have all authority. I mean, I, I'm not the president of the United States. And I don't, have, I don't have authority in all areas. But I do have some authority. And so do you. So let me ask, throw out things. What, what does the Bible tell you as a Christian when you believe in Jesus? What does the Bible say you have authority over? Any, anybody? Any ideas? Yes. So, so Jesus said, Luke 10, 19, I give you authority over to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. So there's authority over the power of the enemy. And I also give you authority to drive, to cast out demons. That's exactly right. So, do you, so, so, what do, so what can we conclude from that? I don't think we have authority over the beings themselves, but we have authority over the power of the devil and to drive him out. So how do you do that? You, say, you can say, God... You remove the, the, the demon. But really, if he's given that authority to us, that's something we do. And you speak to that power source and command it to leave. There was a, let me tell this story. This, this is a remarkable story. I, I have many healing stories that are remarkable, and I have many, many also that nothing happened, just to be honest. But there was a man named Don from our church who broke his femur. How am I doing here for time? We're okay. Um, he broke his big bone in his leg and uh, had, had a surgery to repair it. And they put a, they put a pin in or a rod in, in the marrow of the bone and they sewed him up. And the, the instructions from the doctor were to 
uh, was to not bear weight on that for 12 weeks, and he, did, he didn't. He followed the doctor's instructions exactly. And when it came time for him to bear weight on the leg, uh, without much time, I mean, after a few steps, his, that his bones did not heal right and his legs crushed together. So his leg shortened by about two inches and he was in pain. And this went on for a year and a half. He's a member of North Heights. Uh, and he came to a Wednesday morning healing service that Bob Burmeister and I were doing. And he walked in with his walker. He could hardly put weight. He had pain every step. Uh, he didn't go back to have another surgery. Uh, I, don't, I don't know all, all the detail. But he came up front and was sitting in the, in the front pew. And I went up to him. And I, I did just what the Bible talks about. I said, in the name of Jesus, I speak to that leg grow out and become the same length as the other one. And, uh, and I spoke to the pain and commanded the pain to leave him. And I, I was holding his legs and nothing. And we waited for a few minutes. You know, by the way, I like to look for results. Sometimes, we, you know, if you're going to do something, you look for results. You know, if you tell somebody, you know, go, come, or do this, well, then you ought to see, him, you ought to see it happening. And, and I, love, I love it when it happens instantly, although I do see many times people get healed over time. But nothing happened with Don. And I thought, well, OK, uh, you know, uh, I'll go on to the next person. And, uh, I, and I often tell people, don't be discouraged, because we do see people, they, by the time they get home, or like, like in the scriptures, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And as they washed, the leper was healed. Was there a prayer there? No. There was a, there was a faith in action. Go, go do something. And as they obeyed Jesus, they got healed. Obedience again. Well, uh, but then I had a thought. And this back to, back to uh, the, the authority we have over demons, over power assignments of the enemy. I said, Don, I just, can I just try one thing? So I, I said this to him very close. I said, in the name of Jesus, I drive out any power assignment, any forces of darkness that may have attached itself to this injury and the re-injury, and I command it to leave now in Jesus' name. And then I spoke again to the mountain. And there was no prayer here, incidentally. I, I spoke to his leg and commanded it to grow out, and I was starting to you know, address other things. And he interrupted me, and he said, I, I feel something. And I looked. I was holding his legs in my hands, and his, in, in the course of about a minute, his leg grew out two inches. He said, I don't have any pain. And he, 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 I didn't tell him to. He got up, and he walked, and he left his walker in, in the church and walked out with no pain at all. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So what does it say? I think I, I think I spoke to the wrong mountain at first. You, you shall say to this mountain, or you shall say to this sycamine tree. You know, there was another force going on there that needed attention first and had needed to bind the strong man. Anyway, the next Sunday then in church, he came up to me walking normally, and he said, you know, I've, I've, I'm in a small group we have been praying. You know, I've had, I've had dozens of people pray for me. What did you pray that, that brought my healing? And my, I gave him two answers. I said, first, I didn't pray. I didn't pray. 
Now, I'll tell you, if you're going to minister like this to people, it makes you pray a lot ahead of time. But when it comes time to let the power out of you, that resurrection power, it was not prayer primarily that Jesus and his disciples did. They, it was word of command. And the second answer, first was I did not pray. Secondly, I said I, I spoke to the wrong mountain at first. There was another thing going on. So we should not lose heart, you know. Sometimes we, we, we are addressing the wrong mountain, and, and it's kind of up to us to figure out how do we say to this servant, go, or this one, does this one need to come or go or do this? You see what I'm getting at? Okay, so that's one answer. We're, not, we're only touching the surface of the authority that you have, but we're going to kind of list them real quickly. And I'd, I'd invite you as a process of growing in your faith to, to dig into this and know clearly who you are under and who, you are, and who or what you are set over. So what else? We have authority over demons. I, I'm looking for seven, seven categories of seven of them. What else? What, do you know the authority that you have? What else? Okay. Matthew 10, verse 1 says, I give you authority over every disease and every infirmity. Is anything left out there? Every disease and every weakness, every one. I give you authority over every one of those. Awesome. That's good. Okay, so that's another thing that we, we have authority. So, and that's why the, Jesus and his disciples said, spoke to the disease. When Peter and John at the gate called beautiful, they said, I don't have silver and gold, but I'm going to give you what I have. He didn't say, God's going to give you what he has. He said, I'm going to give you what I have. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. There was no prayer there. And he spoke to the man. Uh, and spoke and told him to do something he couldn't do and took him by the right, right hand and raised him up. So there was also touch. There's laying on of hands, you could say. Okay, so we have demons and we have every disease and every infirmity. What other authority is given to believers from the Bible? Hmm? Uh, so the, the way I'm going to say it, and you're right, uh, is, is parts of creation. Not all of creation, because we, we really don't have authority over the sun and the moon. And, and in, incidentally, authority has been distorted with sin. And it's, it's become a negative word for so many people. And they feel like it's domineering, it's harsh, it's abusive. But God's authority exists for the purposes of protection and provision and for blessing. You should run to be under authority because it's protective and it's providing for you. We love to receive directly from God, but almost always he provides, he answers prayer through other people. Almost always, almost always. And that's the structure of authority that he has set up in this world. So over parts of creation, remember in, in Genesis, he gave Adam and Eve dominion, authority, over the fish and over all the creeping things, over all the living things on, on the earth and over the earth itself. So we can, we can dig a hole, we can fill up a hole, we can burn something, or we can, you know, we have, we can misuse or use creation 
because we have authority to do that. You're right. So we have demons, we have healing, health, disease, and we have parts of creation. The, the wind and the sea, even the wind and the sea obey him. A sycamine tree is part of creation. A mountain is creation. And Jesus picked those things that can't hear or respond to demonstrate faith. And because they don't need to hear or respond. So when there's a broken femur, you speak right to the bone. And the bone can't really hear you. The person who's, you know, usually could hear, the person whose femur it is, but you speak to the mountain. Okay? What else? There's some more. Okay, so that's an excellent one. Yes, we, we have authority over our own thoughts. And this is a big, big deal because people struggle with thoughts, struggle with thoughts of anxiety, thoughts of depression, temptation. Temptations will come, but you have authority to speak to those thoughts and drive them out of your own mind. You, your will and the power of the resurrection power of the Spirit is there for your own thoughts. So, I, so I, I'm going to make two categories out of this, what Mary Jo answered. One is self. We have authority over ourself. And, and um, many times people say God is in control. I like to say he's in charge, but he's not in control. Why? Because he's given us self-control. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. And when we say God is in control, then we can blame him for anything that happens. And there's a lot of people that do that. There's some tragedy that happens in life, and people say, oh, well, okay, just remember, God's in control. Well, then you're saying, if he's all-powerful and he's loving and he's in control, well, then he's doing a bad thing to me. And, uh, and people hold that against God. When it's other people who may do something bad or, you know, things, things happen. He's in charge and he will bring all things under his feet, but it's not yet the case because he regards the human will so highly, he lets us even go the wrong way. He lets us, he, he regards our will so highly. So there's a fruit of the Spirit called self-control. So we have, we have authority. I can decide how fast I'm going to drive in my car. I can decide how fast or slow I want to speak. I can go you know, this way or I can go that way. Why? Because I have complete control over my own decisions. Some people don't want to take that control and they want other people to decide for them. But this, the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Well, part of self is thoughts. So let's make, uh, I think it's worth bringing out thoughts because the battle is in the mind and you have authority over your own thoughts. And some people feel like I just can't control my, my thoughts and my emotions. They go everywhere. And uh, let's not be slaves to our own thoughts that come from wherever they come from. We, we can have a renewed mind a transformed mind. And we have been given authority in this way. So, okay, we're going to cruise a little faster here. Uh, so what do we have? Demons. We have healing diseases. We have parts of creation. We have self. And we have thoughts. There's a couple more. Big ones. Big ones. Just huge. 
You should know these because, okay. Safe to say, whatever Jesus did, it's that's an, those are examples of what of what we could do because it says you know in in John, greater works than these shall ye do because I go unto my yep. Father. but but uh, and that you're absolutely right. And the word whatever, I'm going to come to that. You said whatever, but we should know specifically what is the authority because we don't have the same authority that Jesus has. But he gave us authority, and we can find that out in the in the Bible. So let me just tell you. I'm just move. Hmm? Yeah. Well, it, it, I, 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 that's a very good question. I'm trying to unpack that. I we we just. Yes, Second uh, Peter one. Uh, uh, all all he has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness uh, through the knowledge of him. That's given to us, but is that a is that is there an authority over death? And he did tell us to raise the dead. He told us to do that. And incidentally, I've seen it happen twice. I've seen in the hospital two two different people were were dead for forty five minutes, and and they came back. Hallelujah. But I but I I don't I, I I'm I'm trying to unpack that one. I I'm not so sure. I think there's some references in Psalms that say yes to that, but I, 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 you know, that's a good one to, it's a good Bible study. But the other two, let me tell you, the other two huge categories. Remember what Jesus said in the upper room? He breathed on them the Holy Spirit and he said, whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. We have authority to forgive sins. Whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. So we can forgive or not forgive. It's up to us. That's, that's power and authority that all of us have, and it moves heaven and earth. It has eternal consequences. The other one is, you know, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you, so whatever, I mean, it's whatever. You have to, have, you have to be led by the Spirit. But we can bind. We do that. Bind is to tie up, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So I often bind the pain and I loose you know, healing on people. We, that's an authority that's given to believers. Okay, your faith has increased. If you write these down, if you think, okay, I've got faith over, I've got authority over demons, I've got authority over parts of creation, I've got authority over all, every disease and every infirmity, I've got authority to f- forgive and retain sins, I've got authority to bind and loose, and I've got authority over myself. Now you're starting to talk and think like the centurion. And then what are you going to do with it? Do you ask God to, you know, no, he's delegated this authority to you. So you, it's up to you to use it. And this is the thing. This is why people do not see healing as often as we'd like. And we don't, we don't see the, the advancing of God's kingdom for revival because we are not using the authority that we have. We're asking God to do the things that he told us to do. You, you hear me? You hear me? This is so, this is so critical and so important. So I'm, I, I'm going to stop. We're going to end here soon. But let's, let's not just talk about it. Let's, let's uh, just, I, I just want to show you how, how I go about this if somebody wants to cooperate here. But I remember, I remember we were back to the creation thing. We were outside the, at the state fair 
and I was talking about these things. This is like 30 years ago with a couple of guys. We were just talking about the authority we have as a believer. And, and it was time to close up this building. And this woman came out and said, there's a bat in the building. And we, need, we, we don't want to close up the place when that bat's still in the building. So the two guys I was talking with said, well, there you are, Greg. Why don't you show us how you use your authority? <laughs> and I thought, no, I said, no, I just want to talk about it. I don't, I don't want to do it, you know. Well, so I went into the, into the room, and I, I looked up at that bat. You know, everybody's watching me, you know. And, I, and by the way, I've learned God loves to demonstrate himself. And it seems that to me when there's people watching more things happen because he loves to show how, he, how these things work. So I, I just looked up at the bat. It was up on the top. I could see it up there flying around up on the top of the building. In the name of Jesus, leave this building. And the bat flew down right in front of all of us straight out the door. Well, that, that was cool. That was cool. <laughs> Made me look good, you know. <laughs> Uh, and, and one time, uh, well, uh, I, could, I can tell so many stories where, where you use, you, 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 and, and unless you try it, and, but you can, you can go out to your well and make sure nobody's looking left or right, you know. You can go into your closet or go hide, get into your car, and you can speak to your own thoughts and take charge of, your, of stuff in your own body. You can minister healing to your own body, uh, and you don't have to have a big audience. Uh, you know, start little. We're, we're growing in authority. We grow in our faith. And I think when people say, well, what if nothing happens? My first answer is, it doesn't change the assignment, does it? You know, we're assigned to do these things. Secondly, we're growing in our authority. So you're growing in faith. The, the apostles grew in their faith. And, and the question was, increase our faith. So there is a process of increased faith. And don't be discouraged about that. But it doesn't increase unless you start to understand who you're under and obey them and start to understand what you're set over and give it a try. Unless you do it, it, it probably doesn't happen so well. You, you hear me? I mean, this, this, this is so central for you to experience the kingdom of God. If you want to experience what the Bible is saying, rather than bring the Bible down to your experience, you want to experience what the Bible promises and writes about, this is, this is a huge key for that to happen. You, you're, you're with me. Okay. Someone here with pain somewhere or somebody have a condition, especially if, especially if there's pain somewhere that, uh, that, that we can, and we'd have to believe you when it goes away, but... Somebody having pain, that, and Mary Jo is saying, yeah, she's having pain. Do, can you tell us what it is you have pain? Yeah, I have, uh, I don't know what I did, but I have pain in my, I'm sorry to say it's in my buttocks. I mean, it's in my buttocks. And you're right, right in the back, down. And does it go all the way down? No, just, or just when I walk, right? Just right there, right, okay. Yeah, sorry. And there was, sorry, was, bad spot. <laughs> so here, here's where I combine some of my doctor okay. stuff. But okay. I, I'm trying, now, I'm going to try to find out what am I going to speak to? What's the mountain, what's the tree to speak to here? We're not going to pray. We're not going to say a prayer. So one thing she said is she's got pain. Well, you can speak to pain. That's easy, that's easy enough. But also I'm trying to think, you know, so she's got some back pain and it's kind of coming down into her leg. Well, there's a sciatic nerve there 
there's nerves that maybe have some pressure on them. So I don't know. I, why not? Why not give it a try? I don't know for sure if that's what's causing it. Could be muscle strain or muscle spasm, but a lot of times it is, it is some, uh, there's a nerve component that's radiating down. And so that's a mountain you can speak to, isn't it? It's a sycamine tree. You can tell it to, to move. And then we have authority to bind and loose, so we can bind the pain and we can loose, release, loose those nerves and, and uh, release the pressure on them, all right? So we want to keep social distancing. I love to lay hands on people. And, and by the way, let me, let me, you guys might not agree with this, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway because you're hearing, you hear all kinds of things. But our immune system thrives on exposure, not distancing. That's what happens when you're born. You come out of the mother's womb and you are exposed. And it's then that your immune system gets to work and distinguishes self from non-self. And, and I've worked 20 years in the ER and people cough on me and spit on me and sneeze. Or they don't spit usually, but sometimes. Some, <laughs> Some of the psych people do, uh, but uh, I have never taken a sick day, glory, glory to God. I've been sick a few times, but not that bad. And anyway, I'm not, I'm not going to try to change the, the stuff of society right now. It's all about social distancing. But there, I'll just say it's true. It's true medically that our immune system thrives on exposure. So anyway. Uh, what, why don't you come up here? Is that all right? And you don't mind if I you don't mind if I lay hand. Is is it okay if I lay my hand on your shoulder? And yeah. So you're limping a little bit. You're yeah. really feeling it today, yeah. huh? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I you know and I know Mary Jo. She's going to be honest here, and we love to see the instant healing happen. Uh, but we our part is to do just what we're going to do here. So there's, so keep your eyes open. Here's how. Well, usually I do say a prayer. Usually, I, and let me just say a prayer right now. Father in heaven, we ask you to come here with your healing touch, and we invite you uh, in, in this place, and we give you thanks for the authority that you've given us in Christ. Amen. Amen. So the prayer is done. Now we're done praying. And, and here's one way that we release healing is just simply by laying on of hands. I lay hands on you, Mary Jo, in the name of Jesus. That's easy enough, isn't it? And I can tell you stories. I, I'm going to do more today with Mary, Mary Jo, but I have simply just done this uh, to demonstrate and not say a word of command, not do any prayer, because Jesus and his, and his disciples sometimes just touched. They didn't do anything else. And he, laying on of hands, let's not lose laying on of hands because of social distancing. You know, the, I'd rather follow the Bible. Anyway, we, can, we, we don't have to, you know, the centurion said, you don't even have to come to my house. I mean, that's social distancing there, you know. <laughs> you know, just speak the word. Okay, so, so then here, now let's figure out how, how are we going to speak to the mountain in Mary, Mary Jo. So, um, you know, I, I, I mentioned the nerve. Let's do that. Huh? So in the name of Jesus, I speak to that, that nerve coming from the back and down into the right buttock. I release that nerve from any undue pressure from around surrounding structures, and I speak to the 
anatomy in this area of Mary Jo's body to move into proper position. And I command that pain to leave right now in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, so, so what are we doing? We're just speaking to the mountain, speaking a word of command. It's the way God created heavens and earth. He, he spoke, and that's, that's the image that we're created in. And here's where I'd probably stop and say, okay, bend, bend over, take some steps, and see, you know, are you still having pain? And be honest now. She will. I know she's, she's honest. Mary Jo has seen many people yeah. get healed, but... Actually, it feels better. It feels better. So, yeah. Yeah. so, okay, so then, you know, this is also scripture. Jesus, uh, you know, the heel, the guy who was blind could see people walking around like trees. Well, then he, he stayed with it. So, uh, so we'll just wait a little while and lay hands. And then, he, then I also think, well, is there another mountain here? Is there something else that I need to speak to? And this is how you should think for healing, because sometimes you're not speaking to the right mountain. And I don't know if I'm thinking of any. You didn't have an injury event, did you, Mary Jo? I can't identify one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There's another thing that may be involved here uh, is is what we call degenerative disease. Mm -hmm. That's where the cushion between bones uh, kind of lessons, and so that that can change. And in all of us, that happens over over the decades to some degree. But in the name of Jesus, I speak to any degenerative changes in the spine and in the hip joint. Uh, and I speak to the cartilage and the cushion, then the intervertebral discs to be restored, to regenerate in the name of Jesus. And again, I speak to this pain and command it to leave you right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, let's check it out again. We always check it out. It's definitely better. Yeah. All right, still feeling some, but no, definitely no, better. I, mean, yeah. I would say it's like 95 percent. 95 percent yeah. down. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Can, okay, thank you, Mary yeah, Jo. Thank you. Uh, yeah, come on, Paul. So, can you do this? Absolutely. And try it. Try it on your own headache. You know, do this. If you have a headache, put your hand here. And speak to that pain and tell it to leave. Or, and speak to the blood vessels in your brain to not spasm or dilate. You, and, you know, on and on. You, you get what I'm saying? You guys with me on this? All right. Uh, what I'd like to yeah. do is just you stay right where you're at, and we'll stay where we're at unless we need to go. And if you need to go, if you want to stay, stay. If you need to go or you want to go, you may go. I'm going to pronounce the benediction over you. I'm not going to uh, omit the choir. You're involved in, in the benediction. And, and then uh, we'll just take about 20 seconds to, to move around if you're needing to leave. This is the best message. I know it's the best message I've ever heard on faith. I'm very encouraged. I'm very encouraged that we're teamed up together, that we're going to see this on November 7th and 14th. We're going to be a Redeeming Love Church. Uh, and we're inviting you to come. We're inviting a lot of people to come, and we're going to do some teaching on revival. We feel like we're walking into revival. So we'll send something out about that, Nate. So the, the letter that I sent, we'll let them have that same letter so that uh, 
you guys, if you're able to, can come. So I'm going to pronounce the benediction. We'll just take a few seconds. And then others, we're going to ask if there are others who would like prayer. And we'll continue to do this for as long as you have time to do it. <laughs> so, Father, we're so grateful for today. We're grateful for our guests who are with us today. We bless them. We bless what you are doing in our midst. We thank you for worship. We thank you that you fill us with joy and with music so that we can praise you. We thank you for all that you have done already this morning. We thank you for touching Mary Jo. We saw it. It's real. This is real. We want to be a part of this. And so we pray that you would equip us to do the works of Jesus. And so I say to you, God said to his leaders, give this to the people. So I'm, I'm under command as I speak the word of blessing to you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor, grant you his peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.